You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, February 3rd. As always, I am your host with sometimes the most Javier Reyes of this here Lockdown Padres podcast. Guys, you can check out and follow the Twitter page for the show, which is at LO underscore Padres, or my personal account, which is at Javapeno which is spelled J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O. If you guys don't mind, if you insist, hit me up on either of those two accounts with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have, and I will do my very old best to get back to you. Love it when you guys reach out and give your thoughts on stuff. Really cool stuff. We're going to be doing a mailbag later on in uh, this month. Today's episode, guys, is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off of your next order. Be sure to do that. And guys, here it is. You know what it is. You clicked on the episode. You saw the title. Here we are. The final five, ladies and gentlemen, of the top 20 moments of the 2020 Padres. Guys, this is it. This is it. This is the top five. And what better than to call it, name it after the man himself, El Nino himself, who was just in the news the other day because he will be gracing us uh, with the cover. Uh, He'll be on the cover of MLB 21, the show. That is right, guys. The final five, I'm calling it the Fernando Tatis Jr. tier. Obviously. I mean, it was coming. You guys knew it was coming. You saw it by the title. I mean, you knew it was coming. It had to be this way. There was no other player that possibly could have gotten this this honor, this prestigious honor of mine. Uh, But let's get right into it, guys. Let's get right into it. It took me a while to come up with this list, and especially to finally boil down. You know, I had to come up with 20 different moments. I had a whole huge list before I started this back in, you know, a month and a half ago or what have you. But this final five really did. I had to think about it. I had to make sure I wanted to make sure that the final five was right. And you guys might be surprised by some of my picks here. Let's get right into it, though. Let's get right into it. Guys, number five on the list is one of the reasons why I was careful with the wording and calling this top 20 moments and not necessarily top 20 plays, like specifics. It is Trent Grisham winning his Gold Glove Award. That's right, guys. A little bit of a curveball for you. It didn't actually occur technically during the 2020 regular season. It wasn't a play or anything like that, but it's an all-encompassing moment. Here's the thing, guys. And I wrote about this for uh, the website Baseball FYI, and I'm going to shamelessly plug that. You guys can check out that article in the description below. I actually uh, am a little bit proud of it. I posted it on Reddit the other day. People seem to see people seem to like it. So shout out to those people. Thank you so much. Um, you can check out my full explanation of a, b- b- the, the the my full explanation. <laughs> Uh, that was a disaster. Um, you could check out my full explanation of the whole thing, but the too long d- didn't read version of it is basically. I really think that Grisham, because of his playoff error that he made for the Brewers uh, back in 2019 and kind of costing that team potentially the win in the series, uh, and maybe, you know, maybe the Nationals don't get the World Series and all that, for that, for him to come out and win the gold glove the very next year, 
just low-key, I think, one of the best kind of comeback things in baseball this year. I know that the comeback player uh, nominated from our team this year was Will Byers for the actual Comeback Player of the Year award, and then it actually went went to uh, Daniel Bard, which I agreed with. I thought that was cool. Daniel Bard had a great story. I think this, like Daniel Bard, is a great story. You know, for you to be known primarily for your defensive error, but then to come back and win a gold glove next year and be so key for the Padres in the outfield and providing them the defensive depth that they really hadn't had in a long time. I mean, Manny Margot was pretty good, but uh, Grisham's better. His range fact is amazing. He's really fast at getting to the ball, and he makes some great catches. And there's plenty of those highlights on YouTube that you can definitely check out. I have maybe, maybe, maybe have you know done that a couple times myself when I was bored. Just look up some Trent Gresham highlights. But yes, guys, that is number four on my top 20 moments. Let's keep chugging along. And also, by the way, we are going to have some honorable mentions at the end of this, so don't worry. You got yourselves a full juicy pod today, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, boy. We're getting into it now. Now we're in the number four, guys. One that is, at at the time, I mean, shouts to Brady Lim. We did like a mid-season awards uh, kind of podcast earlier on in the season, earlier on in the year, obviously, uh, about this. And this was our favorite moment. So for it to be at number four, you already know there was some crazy stuff for the next three. But number four, guys, on my top 20 moments is Manny Machado's walk-off Grand Slam against those pesky Texas Rangers. That is ball four, and the bases will be loaded. So back-to-back walks here from Montero. And the Padres have them loaded, and a chance here for Manny Machado to win this game for the Padres. Machado to deep left field. It is high, deep, and it is a grand slam to walk it off. Manny Machado is tonight's Padres hero. Here's the thing. Like I said, there is some more exciting things, at least in my opinion, that happened uh, throughout the course of the rest of the season. But for it to land at number four, I actually don't know what you guys are going to think of this. If you think it's too high, too low, I'm not totally sure. But here's the thing. Machado, and one of the things I talked about was... Manny Machado had a good first season with the Padres. He was very good, but he didn't really have a moment. He didn't have a moment that felt like it was something we all talked about. Did he have some great games? Of course he did, but it was some empty home runs, home runs when we were already down by like seven runs. At least that's what it felt like to me. And for this to be a game, and it's short in season too, so it really feels like the games matter a whole lot more because you're like, hey, get the momentum going. You never know how many more uh, chances you're going to have to win. You can't really make up for it, right? This was really like his first great moment as a San Diego Padre. He's had great moments in his career before with the Baltimore Orioles, had plenty of like walk-offs of his own, but I'm telling you, man, and he actually is one of the top, uh, I think he has something like seven, 15 Grand Slams lifetime, and I think the record is like 22. It's something crazy like that. I don't have the stat in front of me, but who knows? If Slam Diego continues, maybe this guy will end up being the all-time holder of the Grand Slam record. Who knows? But it was Manny Machado's first real moment, in my opinion, and it was just remarkable, and it was absolutely exciting to watch. And I was losing my mind, jumping up and down. I watched this one with my mom, like I alluded to in previous episodes. All the great moments. A lot of the great moments with the Padres happen to happen when I'm watching the games with somebody else. That's what's so amazing. So I'm going to watch the games with even more people next year, I have to say. I must do that. And now, uh, let's move on, guys, to number three on the list. We haven't talked about him yet. Well, we have, but we haven't talked about him on this episode. 
the, he's the reason this tier is named the Fernando Tatis Jr. tier. That is because number three, guys, on the list is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s three-run home run in game two when he did that oh-so-glorious bat flip. We start SportsCenter off with somebody hitting a long home run and having fun. Tatis, he's going to lead Sports Center. He's done it again. Another home run, and the Padres add to their advantage. An opposite field shot that he knew from the get-go, and a bat flip amidst the flashing lights. So there's a couple reasons why this is number three. Number one, it was just a great moment, and it's a playoff game. Duh, okay? Number two. This was actually, you know, the news came out just the other day, as, as you guys are listening to this two days ago, uh, that Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be on the cover of MLB 21, the show, and they are using this very image. Arguably, arguably the greatest kind of image that this baseball season gave us. It has been gift to death. People have used the gift on Twitter all the time. Whenever they're talking about baseball, whatever they're talking about Fernando Tatis, whatever they're talking about the Padres, whatever, whenever, uh, if you go on like Jeff Passage's uh, Twitter page, Jeff Passage, Jeff Passage, I don't know which one it is. I've heard both, sorry, uh, to Jeff out there if he's listening to this. I know he's listening to this, but you know, uh, just sorry about that, Jeff. Um, every time he tweet out like some big deal that just happened with the Padres, like they trade for Blake Snell, all the responses will be like the gif of Tatis flipping that. It's really just excellent stuff. And in a playoff game like that, and it really brought momentum because people forget at the time, you know, the the whole uh, momentum is not in the Padres' favor. They're losing. And for the season to kind of end like this, against a team that's offense, no offense to the Cardinals, really is lacking in a lot of different ways. They just do not have a lot of power and we're losing. So for Tatis to come out like this, it was just so thrilling. I'm losing my mind watching it. What an incredible game. I wish I could just put, I wanted to put, it felt like a little bit of a cheat. I wanted to do it, but it felt like a little bit of a cheat to do, once again, just an entire game. So instead, like I did earlier in the list, I did the uh, the end of the Rockies game uh, early on in the season when they had all the, the Tatis hitting the home run with two outs left and Tommy Pham and all that stuff. I felt like I didn't want to do that twice, counting a whole game as a moment. But here, guys, just one of the great games of the year. It was incredible. And Tatis, I think, was probably the headliner at with it with this uh bat flip and all that stuff uh home run in the game so shout out to fernando tatis jr you are the man as always what can i say but before we get into the final two guys before we get into the final two and then some of the uh honorable mentions i need to talk to you about betonline.ag there is only one place that has you covered and one place we trust and that is betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code locked on for your 50% welcome bonus just to read you guys some MLB futures uh, according odds to uh, betonline.ag the odds to win the World Series the Dodgers are in the top spot plus 500 then the Yankees at plus 650 then the Padres at 750 the Mets at eight uh, plus 800 which I actually think is a little tad bit high for them and then the Chicago White Sox at plus 11 and the Atlanta Braves at plus 1,200 in terms of some of the obvious teams. They've got all the MLB future odds to win the World Series. You can check them out there. Uh, just for one random thing that I found interesting, I kind of like the odds, actually, believe it or not, for the Nationals. I think people are sleeping on them a little bit. Maybe they can improve. Maybe they're not done in this offseason going to try and improve their team. We'll see. I actually think they might. You know, I've talked to some people about this. Maybe uh, a Chris Bryant trade. Maybe they're going to try and get some of those uh, players that are clearly available on the Cubs. They're plus 575 to win the NL East. That's one thing that I'd be interested in. Definitely look 
at for sure. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore, guys. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code at Locked On to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. And now, I have to talk to you guys about my favorite protein bars out there. They are the best protein bars out there. Not only are they my favorite, they are also the best, guys. Those are, of course, Built Bars. And let me tell you guys, not only are they soft and easy to chew and covered in 100% chocolate, all right, we already know that, but there's such a great diversity of flavors on display here, guys. They've got coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. All those 12 original flavors, if they don't sound appetizing to you, first of all, you're wrong. And I, but in fairness, I kind of understand because I personally don't necessarily care for toffee almonds and mint brownie, but I loved the Built Bar versions of those. So definitely, guys, do not judge a book by its cover. And they've got six new amazing flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. Just personally, my personal favorite, you guys can let me know if you have any uh, differing opinions on this, but apple almond crisp is absolutely one of my favorites. It is not one of my favorites. It is my favorite. I'm not going to, no, straight up, guys, it is my favorite flavor of Built Bar. It's awesome. Cherry barcia coming in second place for the record. And I think maybe banana bread and then actually the coconut almonds probably rounding out my top four I guess but enough of that guys beyond all of the fact that it tastes good and it's got all these flavors they are healthy for you they are great for the keto diet thanks to high fiber high protein low sugar and a low amount of calories so what are you waiting for ladies and gentlemen go to builtbar.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off your next order remember that is promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com and now with those messages out of the way, guys, let's keep the ball rolling with number two on my list of the top 20 moments of the 2020 Padres. Guys, this is number two. Maybe it gets a little bit forgotten. Maybe it gets forgotten because Slam Diego doesn't get forgotten. Not necessarily. People know that the Padres are known for all these big moves and stuff. But the actual moment to break it all open, Eric Hosmer's Grand Slam to break the Grand Slam record. In the air to right field. Towards the corner. It's back. It's gone. Welcome to Slam Diego. Grand Slam for Eric Hosmer. For the first time in Major League history, a team is hit. A grand slam in four consecutive games, and that team is the San Diego Padres. So much good stuff about this at number two. I just think that this is looking back a defining moment. They literally broke a record. Yeah, we might not have the no-hitter record, but let's be honest, the grand slam thing is so much cooler, so let's be honest. I mean, it's still a little slightly embarrassing that there's been no Padres uh, pitcher to throw a no-hitter, but still, I really thought that this was, while not as, like, memorable in a vacuum as the Manny Machado walk-off, for example, uh, it was still exciting, and it was still kind of cool to be like, wow, we really did break the record. Like, that is kind of crazy. That stands forever, or at least until somebody breaks it, if somebody ever breaks it. That is something that doesn't go away no matter what, even if the Padres didn't win the World Series or whatever. That is a lasting effect, a lasting moment that will follow other teams, and it's really when all the things start happening, or Don Orsillo starts coining the term Slam Diego more. The Padres changed their literal Twitter name to the Slam Diego Padres. Like, it was a really great moment, and them breaking the record kind of 
made it was like the moment when people really started talking about the Padres, like all the MLB League Pass type people, people who were just looking around and they like general baseball and like looking at a variety of different teams. After this stuff started like heating up and they just destroyed Texas. It kind of was like, oh my gosh, everybody, go watch the Padres. This is like the most exciting baseball team in forever. Like, seriously. So, I'm going to give number two to Eric Hosmer's Grand Slam, breaking the Grand Slam record, because that was the official one that, in my opinion, mattered the most, even if in a vacuum it wasn't the most exciting one. Feel free to disagree with me, of course, uh, in any comments or whatever on Twitter and whatnot. And finally, guys, we've done number two. We've done the top five. Here's the top five so far. Trent Christian winnings gold glove. Manny Machado's walk-off grand slam against Texas. Tatis's three-run homer with the bat flip and all, all the swagger and all. And then Eric Hosmer's grand slam to break the consecutive grand slam record. And now number one for my top 20 moments of the 2020 Padres. Here it is, folks. Drum roll, everybody. It is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s three Oh, controversy. Oh, a little bit of curveball. This is in oh. the air to right field. Back it goes. Nando has done it again. Fernando Tatis Jr., a grand slam. And the Padres go on top 14 to 3. Two home runs, seven RBIs for Fernando Tatis Jr. Unbelievable. So, some people might be saying, really? This is the number one play? What about the what about the Cardinals game? That was even more exciting. I understand. Here is why Tatis' 3-0 incident is my number one moment of 2020. On one hand, it sounds bad. It was a reminder of how much baseball is stuck in its past and what have you, and this is... Uh, you know, awful, and it was like the, the the Rangers were terrible, and this and that, and they, you know, the the manager for the Rangers, and it was so why is this controversial? Let the kids play. I actually really do think that this is the best thing that could have happened to Fernando Tatis Jr. It became attached to him, and it became his almost his brand. He's the exciting guy that is here to almost save baseball and break these unwritten rules, kind of for good. We've had guys that have been, you know against unwritten rules for years. We've had Bryce Harper voice his displeasure with the old ways of the game and how baseball needs to evolve and stuff, but no one's been as universally beloved and as exciting of a player as Fernando Tatis Jr. So I actually think this moment, the fact that it inspired so many talk shows, I mean, around the horn, barring the interruption, and just random SB Nation doing videos on it, you know, John Boy doing his video on it. The fact that there was so many people, some people, like I'm like I, um, among all the media folk that aren't necessarily baseball people weighing in, it heightened the popularity of Tatis. It heightened the relevance of the Padres, and it heightened the relevance of the sport in a way because it was universally condemned by people what the Rangers did. That to me is what adds on to this. It feels like it was a lasting impact because one thing I've talked about before, maybe on this podcast I forgot, is that Tatis, unlike other people who have done their bat flips and you know people don't like them for their unwritten rule breaking. Tatis truly has a 100% approval rating at the time of this moment. He really does. You couldn't find a single person who's like, "Ah, screw that guy. I don't like that guy." You know, everyone was just like, "This guy is objectively exciting. First year in the in the league when he scores uh from third base on a sack fly in the infield, stuff like that, like the aggressiveness. He was already super exciting." This isn't someone like, say, Carlos Gomez or even Bryce Harper, where there's been some moments, some character things, maybe, and what have you, where people have started to sour on the guy a little bit. 
in this case, just it just didn't. It wasn't the case. Everyone was like, the only thing I know about Tatis is he's he's been super exciting immediately in the league. So that's how I view that. I really do believe that Tatis's 3-0 was the story of the year in a way for baseball. I know that there's plenty of other things. It's you know Trevor Bauer winning the Cy Young and the 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 Tampa Bay Rays and Blake Snell's uh, thing in the World Series. That Game Six of the World Series or Game Five of the World Series that was objectively had one of the craziest endings ever. Like there was a lot of stories for baseball this year, but I truly believe that this controversy was the one that made it like the rounds across all of TV and and all of sports media. And I think that it really heightened Tatis. And I think that it was. It was one of the first times as someone who watches all this, someone pays attention to all the old heads and their takes, where everyone kind of universally was like, no, let the kid hit. What are we doing? You know, if he pads his stats, so what? That comes in to help when you're, you know, doing controversy, or not controversies, contracts. You know, how many home runs did you hit? How many grand slams did you hit and whatnot? So pad your stats all you want. I really do believe this is the top moment because the controversy, I do believe, gave our boy more of the spotlight that he so righteously deserves. Maybe you guys disagree. I don't know. I would love to hear back from you. But before we finish this off this podcast, guys, we're not done yet. We got to get into the honorable mentions, the things that did not make the list for me. Uh, We've got some really interesting ones on here. Uh, so here we go, guys. My honorable mentions uh, that did not make the cut, unfortunately, for my top 20 list. First one off the li- uh, the honorable mentions is Craig Stammen going unharmed in the first inning of Game 3. Now, this one's a little bit of a deep cut, I know. But trust me, I actually mean this one. Because Craig Stammen, when it was announced that he would be starting Game 3 in order to beat the Cardinals, we have that insane Game 2 where the Padres make it out of there alive. But just like an unbelievable game with home run galore. Uh, and for them to be like, hey, we got to start Craig Stammen, which was understandable because it was going to be another bullpen game. But when it was announced that it was Craig Stammen, arguably the worst reliever, I don't even think it's arguable, actually, the worst reliever of the Padres' bullpen, a guy that Padres' Twitter absolutely despises, that he would be the one starting all the comments. Every comment on Twitter is like, oh, dear God. So it was kind of a fun moment that, granted, it's not nearly impressive enough, in my opinion, to have made the top 20 list, but it's just a memorable moment for him to come out there and kind of just go through one inning completely unscathed and put our kind of uh, worries to rest, which is a kind of cute little moment that happened this year. I was happy for him because I know, you know, all these guys, we critique and all that. It must not be fun for Craig Stammen to log on Twitter and know that basically every, every Padres fan seems to just hate his guts and thinks that he's terrible at baseball. The next one of my honorable mentions is Cronenworth's walk-off to sweep the Rangers. Walk-off single. Uh, I feel like I've done enough Rangers stuff. <laughs> Honestly, the Texas Rangers series is going to go down as the, probably the most important series that happened during the regular season for the Padres. But I'm going to put that there just because in my honorable mentions. Because it was it was the walk-off. We already dominated them. It was also not... It felt like it was coming. I don't know about you guys, but first and second, nobody out. Cronenworth up to bat. It was just kind of expected. And it just isn't as exciting as, you know... Hosmer hitting the home run to break the record. Machado's walk-off. Tatis 3-0. Didn't want to have too much against the Rangers. Got to take it easy on them. Shout out Bryce Paterik of Lockdown Rangers. Love that guy. Um, Next one of my honorable mentions, Jorge Onyes. Uh, You remember this guy? First hit 
in the major leagues as a home run. It's first at bat. It was just a kind of fun moment. I really enjoyed it. Another one is Luis Campizano hitting a home run. You know, top prospect for him to come up and hit a home run in one of his first games. That was really exciting too. Just give us a taste of potentially what the future uh, may hold for him as an offensive superstar catcher. Potentially, we never know. Potentially, uh, this those two bow which is honorable mentions. Uh, another one, the Don Orsillo gif, <laughs> the gif of him. It's uh, all over Twitter, and I, I know I noticed baseball Twitter uses it a lot, but I know that general people tend to use it too. It's him doing the come on in here you know with his fingers or whatever it's just such a clever gif when uh they were they were talking about the Padres bandwagon and it was like oh do you have a message for all the people uh that are thinking enjoy the Padres bandwagon it was sort of like come on in here you know I love that it was just a nice little broadcast moment that I really appreciate that's been immortalized thanks to the internet for sure and then lastly out of my um actually second to last out of my honorable mentions is Tatis's leaping catch against the Astros when he's going backwards into left field and he kind of makes this jumping catch where it's like the air Tatis everyone was making those kind of photoshops I saw on Twitter where they were like make this the logo the one of him jumping up through the air uh, to make that catch just an incredible incredible catch that I think has gotten a little bit forgotten because Tatis has made so many amazing plays this year uh, that it's hard to just pick one at this point but that one is on my honorable mentions really close to making the top 20 but for sure my last honorable mention is one that I decided not to put it in the list only because I feel like I would have to rework a bunch of things. I didn't know how I would exactly do that. It is the trade for Blake Snell. It is just... It is December 27th, actually. Scratch that. It is not just the trade for Blake Snell. It is December 27th, 2020, which is the 24-hour period in which A.J. Preller basically began his rampage trading for Blake Snell. An hour later, we get word that they're also interested in trading for you, Darvish. And then the next day, uh, not only do they also trade for you, Darvish, but they sign Hassan Kim of the KBO League, who might be a really, like, it's a player that I'm surprised other teams didn't get because the Padres, out of... All the teams that kind of were maybe in contention for him were actually the team, in my opinion, that needed him the least and maybe needed him the least just because they also, you know, bring back Profar and they have a little bit more depth with their with their offense and their lineup. But for them to bring him in just showed you, like, this ownership is definitely willing to allow Preller to spend a little bit more money. And A.J. Preller certainly is a madman it was going for. So December 27th in general, that would have been, in my opinion, if I had to do this over and if this happened before I started doing the list. I think this is at like number four, number three. It's hard to rank it. It's definitely in the top five. Maybe Grisham's winning the gold glove goes to six just because it was after the fact and it's a post after regular season kind of thing, even though this is a post regular season thing too. But you get what I'm saying. I think that it was just, guys, it was amazing. And the fact that we, we get Tatis on MLB 21, the show, we get the trade for Joe Musgrove, which some people are in or out on, and then we get uh, the re-signing of Jerickson Profar, just so many fun, exciting moves, and who knows if they're done. Who knows if they're done, guys? But one thing's for sure is I'm certainly not done hosting this podcast, and I'm certainly not done expressing my love for these San Diego Padres, guys. Once again, let's go through the list just one last time from the top. Number 20, let's do it like real quick because, you know, you can listen to the other podcasts where I talk about it in detail. Number 20, Austin Noah throwing out two runners uh, trying to steal second base in his first game for the Padres after being traded to them. Number 19, Denelson Lamette's near no-hitter. Number 18, Grisham's walk-off against the Giants in one of his last games of the season. Number 17, Manny Machado's catch in right field, that crazy catch where he runs all the way from third base to right field. Number 16, the Rockies game in its entirety, basically that the 
the last like three innings of that game uh, early on in the year, the day after my birthday with the fam, Tatis, and the, the Kirby 8s implosion, all that stuff. Number 15, Cronenworth's great defensive plays in one of his first games starting at first base against the Dodgers, the Cronen wizardry there. Number 14, Myers' home run off of Bumgarner in the bottom of the first uh, in a game against the Arizona Dimebacks, obviously, and it basically was the beginning of the end of Madison Bumgarner's season. Number 13, Zach Davies' eight innings against the Astros. Super underrated, gone, but never forgotten, Sir Zach Davies. Good luck to him in Chicago. Number 12, Myers' grand slam the day after the Fernando Tatis Jr. incident. Really great kind of uh, exclamation point after the fact there. Number 11, Eric Hosmer's six RBIs in the very first game, scoring the team's first of what would end up being, obviously, many runs of the season in the bottom of the sixth. Number 10, the trade for Mike Clevenger, as well as kind of, you know, losing Austin Hedges and putting to the rest the whole Hedges versus Mejia debate. Trade for Mike Clevenger obviously being the headline of that, though. Number 9, Profar's walk-off against the Rockies on Labor Day. Number 8, Tati stealing third against the same pitcher, Ian Jabot, the day after the 3-0 fiasco. Number 7, them clinching the playoff berth for the first time since 2006 in their game against the Mariners after they get that win there. Number 6, Machado's swagger filled at bat in game two number five of course like we just talked about Trent Grisham winning the gold glove uh number four May Machado's walk off against the Rangers number three Tatis is flipping the bat homer in game two against the Cardinals number two Hosmer's grand slam to break the record and number one play of the top 20 moments of the 2020 Padres Tatis's 3-0 incident controversy and everything following it that's it guys Long, longer episode than the other uh, three parts of this top 20 extravaganza. I hope you enjoyed it. I really sincerely hope that you enjoyed this kind of breakdown. And please hit me up on Twitter or anything with any, uh, uh, you know, takes on which ones I got wrong and which ones I got right or what you agree with. Maybe I should have had more of those honorable mentions in the bracket, but I tried my best kind of to have a, a spread out top 20. I wanted to see if I could get as many uh, other players in as I could. Uh, but man, just... What a great season, guys. I'm so happy hosting this podcast. And I think in a few days, actually, I've it's almost we're close to the first episode I ever did. I've basically been with Locked On for a year, so that's really exciting. Uh, what better way, I guess, to celebrate my anniversary than doing the top five of this, guys? Uh, last couple things, guys. Before, you know, you got all your Padres news here. We're covering everything you need to know about the Padres and all the top plays and whatnot. But what about all the other sports, guys? Now, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It is hosted by the great, the legendary, the iconic Peter Bukowski. And it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. How about that? Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's really, really good guys i may even make some appearances in the future there as well when the padres next make moves uh any news of any sorts which as we all know could be tomorrow so who knows um, so stay tuned guys uh subscribe to that podcast it's really really good in terms of this podcast you can expect my chat with stacy gatsulius of locked on yankees tomorrow talking about the cc sabathia documentary a little bit of change up uh from the old baseball talk that you guys might not be used to but it's really fun chat i really enjoyed it uh and then probably doing my chat with with Bryce Paterik of Locked On Rangers, which we recorded the other day. Might post that on Thursday or what will be Friday. Uh, the first part of that next week, Locked On Dimebacks with Miller Thomas, and then probably going to get the mailbag rolling. But with that all being said, guys, that about does it 
for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Himalaya, Overcast, wherever. Just look it up and you'll find it. And while you're at it, if you don't mind, send me some five-star reviews on the Apple Podcasts app. I really greatly appreciate that. And until next time, stay safe and, of course, stay faithful. My fire faithful homies, take care.